Radio IAGP. My name is Implausibly Josh, and I'm so glad you're tuning in. Uh, before we get into the emails, uh, I wanted to say I've been playing a little bit of Just Cause 4, uh, a, a sandbox shooty game where you tether things to each other and blow them up. Uh, it's been a real nice uh, stress reliever, and I think I'm going to have a lot of fun playing it. It's been nice to do that between trying to catch all 400 Pokemon and get that Pokedex filled out before that DLC comes out. Um, but yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun, and uh, I'm excited to keep going further and further in that game and blowing up more and more cars and things. So let's get into the emails. Uh, if you would like to email in, you can do so at fanmail at implausiblyaverage.live, or you can go to bit.ly slash radioiagp. Our first question comes from Brian, who asks... I was talking with my good friend Matt Calder from the incredibly high-quality Twitch channel twitch.tv slash Matt Calder about Pokemon, and we had this question we had to ask you. Which Pokemon is the biggest sinner? We started with Snorlax, who's guilty of sloth and gluttony. Uh, They even have the ability of the same name, and there has to be one Pokemon that is most sinful of them all. Which one is it? Thanks. Love the show. Love you. Uh, Thank you, Brian. Uh, I think that the biggest sinner has to be Alakazam. Uh, mostly because it's got that like 1000 level IQ, so it makes people discuss if it's human or not and if they can have sex with it. Thank you for emailing in. Kate asks, since they've now done remakes of Resident Evil 2 and 3, which RE do you think they'll remake next? Zero, Code Veronica, another shot at the original in the new engine? Hmm, that's a good question. I think that I would hope that they're not doing remakes for a while now. It seems like a lot of the Resident Evil output has been remakes, and I'd like to see some new Resident Evil. I know 7 wasn't too far off from recent, but, you know, I feel like we could get some new Resident Evils out there before we start dipping back into remakes and stuff. However, I think they would just do 4, right? Like, isn't Resident Evil 4 the one that gets remade all the time that you buy over and over again and it's on, like, every single platform? I feel like that's going to be the one that they go to next. But I know that there's a lot of Resident Evil games that could get remade. And I feel like that's the thing. Like, it could be any of them. Uh, I think that doing Resident Evil 1, uh, the original in the new engine, I think is a really good idea. I think that that's something that would be interesting i think bringing everything to the level of the new engine i think is probably smart kind of unifies resident evil in a way but who knows ideally i'd like to see just a new one altogether i don't even play resident evil games i'm too um scared and the resident evil games are too scary for me so who knows but uh it's nice to watch the people who like resident evil games get new resident evil games and get new games that are good too Honestly, whatever uh, remaster makes Resident Evil fans the most happy, I think, I I hope, is the one that that y'all get next. Matt Calder asks, Temtem has been heralded as the Pokemon killer, but as a lifelong Pokemon fan, I come to Pokemon for adventures with these cute creatures specifically, not the general idea. But it's not secret that Pokemon is dragging in a lot of features. What more modern features do you think Game Freak need to compare to implement, improve on, and what features would you like to see? Uh, I think that the big thing that Pokemon needs to do to be better is not have, like, archaic online experiences. Um, 
I think, and ha- and not having them gated in weird ways. Like, I like Pokemon Home mostly because it means that I can do the thing that I like to do, which is breed a Pokemon that I like. In this instance, it has been breeding a lot of Toxels and then putting them onto the Wonder, putting them into Wonder Trades. Um, I, I, that's something that I find really fun. It helps me get a ton of um, IDs for Lotto ID, and it helps me... I don't know, it just it gives me a fun little cold to do. Like, oh, okay, well, you know, I've got a little break from work. I'm going to try and level up this Pokemon. I'm also going to try and level up. I'm going to try and hatch these eggs. And then I'm going to dump them onto the Wonder Trade and hope for the best. Um, so I think, but I, I recently had to trade uh, two Pokemon in order to, I think it was Carablast for a Shelmet, I think. Um, and then I'm going to have to do the other way around too to get the other Pokemon. But having to do so is difficult because Pokemon Home doesn't do evolution trades. So if you put in something to the GTS, for instance, I put in a Carablast asking for a Shelmet. Um, when that trade happens, it doesn't evolve in Pokemon Home, which I think is kind of um, bad. And so it means that even though Pokemon Home is opened up opened up for um trading which is nice uh it does mean that there are still features that are excluded to people who maybe don't have someone like nearby uh, or who's always online to you know help you with your trades and stuff so i had to go to my friend matt calder's discord and i had to ask them to say like hey is anyone on right now and could do a trade with me but it should be easier than that it should be easier than having to go to a discord that may or may not have people around that may or may not have people who have the pokemon i'm looking for may or may not have people who are willing to trade you know and i think that's the big thing is that it should be implemented better than it is a lot of online stuff should be implemented better than it is um i think that's the big thing i'm not sure how temtem does it Mostly because I've only played through, like, maybe the first 30 minutes. So you don't really get a lot of that in, in Temtem. But that's definitely one that... And that's a big improvement area for Pokemon. Um, I think also, like, the region design philosophy should probably change quite a bit. Um, I, I like that the new DLC areas are basically going to be two more wild areas that also have story stuff going on in them. And I really feel like that probably should have been this generation of Pokemon from the start. You know, um, I think that Pokemon is very linear, which is fine. But even if you take the argument that Pokemon's for kids, which it totally is, right? Like we are adults who are, you know, invested in these kids games and that's fine. You know, we like them, we played them, we grew up with them. So it's hard to give them up. Um, and that's fine, you know, as long as we're all, you know, open with ourselves at these are kids games, I think that's a good place to start. I think the place that you go from there, though, is that kids play open world games all the time, you know. Kids are playing Minecraft where you're making your own fun, you know, even before they added, like, in-game stuff with, like, what, the Ender Dragon and stuff like that. You know, kids were having fun with Minecraft, and I think that kids can have that type of open-ended fun with Pokemon. You know, 
Like, I, I don't think that there's anything inherent to Pokemon that needs it to be linear. Which is, I think, the thing that really needs to... They need to get through to, you know, Game Freak, is that these games just don't need to be linear. They can be whatever you want them to be, you know? And I think that is the big thing. I, I feel like you could go more for a... Like an Animal Crossing. The thing about Animal Crossing, right? Like... There's no bad guy in Animal Crossing. You're just having fun with your, you know, animal friends. And I think that that's something you could maybe bring into Pokemon design philosophy of, you know, I don't have to fight the bad guy at the end here. You know, I can, I can just go through. And I think, you know, I think this, I think Sword and Shield kind of does that a little bit, maybe unintentionally. It always feels like story is happening around you. And to you, but you were not involved in the story very much, you know, like all of the main, all of the other side characters are like, you know, Leon and uh, who else? The, I can't remember her name, but it's the uh, professor's assistant, you know, they're like, like, all right, well, the story thing is happening near you. Well, well, go on and keep doing the gym challenge. <laughs> we need it. We need a new champion or at least a new challenger to the champion. So ignore all the story stuff that's going on, have fun. And I think that like, I think it's just enough to want to go and be a good Pokemon battler, you know? I think that that's the thing, is that there needs to be more emphasis on like, adventuring can just be adventuring for yourself. Like it's nice to go and, you know, beat up a bad guy at the end of a Pokemon game, but are you really there to beat up the bad guy at the end of a Pokemon game? Who among us is like, ah, yes, new Pokemon game, that means I finally get to beat up on a new Team Rocket. Like, whose favorite part is that? I don't know that it's that many people's. You know, and obviously Game Freak might have better data on that and stuff like that, but, you know, I think for the most part, you just like being in that world. And I think that's the thing that needs to be carried through to the next Pokemon game is that you are just having a fun time in this world and you don't necessarily need to, you know, beat up the bad guys to better yourself. You can just better yourself in this universe by playing this game, you know? And I think that those two things are the big things. It's like these games are so linear and handholdy and they're so formulaic, which like is fine to a certain extent, like whatever, they're for kids. However, I also think the kids are able to deal with like non-linear storytelling or non-linear games in general. Like the popularity of Minecraft wouldn't be a thing if kids couldn't handle that stuff. So I think you bring that energy in, you bring that philosophy into Pokemon, and I think that that's going to really help it. Like that, plus a really robust online system, I think would make whatever the next Pokemon game is be the Pokemon killer, you know, because, you know, sorry to tempt him, but Temtem's just Pokemon, but on a PC, that's the only driving force behind it, you know, like it's got some MMO elements, but it's not like a good game. It's not like anything better than Pokemon. You know, I think the battling is really neat. I like that it's two on two. You know, I think that some of the designs are okay, but I don't think it's Pokemon, you know, and I don't think 
And I think really the big driving factor for why it's popular currently is that there isn't anything like Pokemon on the PC currently. But if there was, if let's say, if let's say the next Pokemon game came out on PC, no one would talk about Temtem anymore. And that's just the long and short of it. That's the appeal of Temtem. And that's fine. That's a good appeal, you know? Like people are excited for that Animal Crossing like game that's coming out to PC because it's going to be on a PC. You know? If Nintendo decided to put Animal Crossing New Horizons on PC, that game would probably not have a following. That other game probably wouldn't have a following anymore. And like, that sucks because it means that, you know, people aren't really innovating. They're just bringing games to different platforms that they're not usually, which I think is a problem, right? So I, th I really think that I'm hoping the new system with a new way to interact with people, like we get that second Pokemon generation on the Switch. And I, I want to hope that they see that a lot of people are having fun in the wild area and they see that they like just exploring these places and that that's the energy and that's like the direction they go with in, the, in these next ones. All right. And that's it for Radio IAGP for today. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, I hope you have a great rest of your week. If you want to send in emails, you can do so at fanmail at implausiblyaverage.live or you can go to bit.ly slash Radio IAGP. That's capital R, capital I-A-G-P. And those links you can find in the description of not only the podcast, but the episode. So you can send in those questions however you like. You can also follow us on Twitter, uh, at ImplausiblyA uh, on Twitter. And that's the Implausibly Average Twitter account. Uh, you know, we're always asking for questions. So if you ever need a reminder, go ahead and follow. Uh, again, thank you so much for listening. And I'll see you all next time. Later. Later.